I'm Phil Hopton. And I'm Ollie Cadell. And you're listening to the Practice Evolution podcast brought to you by Waters Kluwer Tax and Accounting UK. In this podcast series, we talk to industry leaders, influencers, fellow accountants and technology experts to address key issues impacting you, the accountant, as you continue to evolve your practice and adapt to the ever-changing needs of both your teams and your clients. This episode is part of a series of episodes we recorded live at Accountex 2023 as part of our Practice Evolution Theatre. Across the two days, we spoke to a host of amazing guests around a wide range of interesting and challenging topics. So, Ollie, what is this episode about? Well, in this episode, uh, Phil talks to Andrea Reynolds, who is the CEO and founder of Swoop. And they're talking about funding and specifically why debt isn't always the answer. Possibly a very valuable topic for those of you who were taking on funding, for instance, during the COVID pandemic and are looking for advice on what to do next. Yeah, this was a fascinating deep dive into uh, all things around um, debt, around funding, grants and all these other bits. First time I've ever spoken to uh, Andrea on a, a podcast so i um, really really enjoyed this one uh, look um i think uh, i've said this a few times during our uh, recordings for these but there was some background noise in the happening around the times of these recordings specifically with andrea uh, the great uh, brad burton took to the stage which was definitely uh, creating some noise in the background during this recording but i content- missed that when did brad get on he was uh, 12 o'clock day two uh, i know that because um it was exactly when I was talking to Andrea. So I've not uh, spoken is... to him yet. Have you not? I saw him at the brilliant. I saw him at the boat party, and I, I only for the fact that he's the only man in the room wearing a tighter shirt than I was. <laughs> this is very true. So look, there is some background noise, but the content is fantastic. Uh, Andrea is really interesting. So sit back and listen to my chat with Andrea Reynolds from Sweet. Uh, I'm joined today by Andrea Reynolds from Swoop, and we're going to be talking all things well or not maybe all things funding, um, but certainly in that area. Do you want to just do a quick introduction of yourself from Swoop for sure. those that don't know? Sure. Uh, so my name is Andrea Reynolds and I'm CEO and founder of uh, Swoop Funding. Um, I'm an accountant. Um, I started a corporate finance firm um, after I left KPMG and it was working with my clients and thinking, oh my God, this is so time consuming. I'm doing really lots of admin work and I'm not spending as much time advising them as I want to. Realize that actually a lot of people don't actually know what the entire funding landscape consists of. Everyone just thinks bank loans, bank manager, credit cards, and there's so much more out there and so much more we can do for our clients. And I thought, I need to build something that I would want now (laughs) if if I want to serve my clients correctly. And so I built uh, Swoop as a platform where you can integrate the cloud accounting, open banking, we get credit score, company's house data, and all we're actually doing is compiling the financial profile of your clients and then surfacing for them what funding's available for them, not just loans, but grants, uh, equity investment, and then surfacing savings for them as well. So uh, a combination of all to try and serve our clients in a, in a better way, particularly in this environment we're in. Amazing. You can tell Brad's on in the background, yeah. can't you? <laughs> he has woken up accounting. So it's interesting, you say in this environment, and I think that's probably a great place to start, right? Like we are, the term unprecedented times yes. has been overused, yet it oh feels gosh, like it's yes. been underused, if you get what yes. I'm saying. It's like we went from 
like huge. I always tell the story of my friend who runs a, uh, a car repair workshop. Yeah. And he started his business in about 2006. Yes. And he started in 2006. And he was like, yeah, this is going well. Yeah. <laughs> it's going really well. And then 2008 happened. And then, yes. like, like, obviously, poof. Yeah. And then just he was rebuild, getting, yeah, rebuild. Yeah, rebuild. Just he yes. was getting out of that. He was like, okay, things are going well again. Yes. And then COVID happened. Yes. And then he was like, okay, now COVID's over. And he's like... Brexit in between. Oh, Brexit yes. in between, of course. And then, of course, <laughs> after that, you've got everything that's going on now. And it's just this sea of uncertainty, yes. right? And it's just like, I, I think we've, it's almost, we've got to the point where we can't call it uncertain times. No. We've just got to call it... The norm. The norm. Yes. So so how does, how, how do you approach that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because... I come from a funding background. I worked in banking. I've worked for a, a similar platform to yourself previously. And, like, it becomes a lot harder to get funding when, you know, people coming out of COVID are quite over-leveraged and everything else. Yeah. So, so how do you... What's your approach to that? What's the kind of... Because yeah. you have a more holistic view of this, right? I do, and that holistic view comes from 2008. Uh, I had my firm back in 2005... Uh, was absolutely flying. I thought, I'm so good at getting finance for my clients. This is so easy. Um, and then reality hit in 2008. And my clients were like, oh, go to Andrea. She, she'll know how to sort this. And that's when I had to start digging deep and looking elsewhere for my clients. And that's when I started to realize, oh, my God, there's all these grants out there. Never knew they existed. Oh, my God, I can get better deals on their energy help them with their their loan repayments that they already had because they're a bit over leveraged. So it was actually from that pain of 2008 that this was born. So, um, but how, how do you help right now? It's, um, look, none of this is rocket science. Um, your clients, my clients, all of our clients are the most overcharged customer group in the world. And I'm not saying that, it's the regulator saying that. There is, if we take... Uh, their banking costs, their energy costs, uh, their international payment costs, um, the lack of of interest rates that they're getting on their deposits, their cash sitting there. If you add all of that up, you're talking about 10 billion a year in overcharges to our clients annually in the UK. So, and why is that? It's because it's really hard for our clients to work out oh, uh, my energy bill is this, if I, if I compare that, who do I compare it to transparently? How do I know? Um, my banking is costing me this. How would I know if I could get a better bank account? And so the, the real power of cloud accounting and, and banking data is we do all of that analysis and, and we compare it and find those solutions. So we're saving thousands for business owners who may need a loan interest rates have gone up and they're thinking, well, I can't afford this loan now. And then we say, well, let's have a look at the repayments and then let's go and find that cash for you out of where you're being overcharged. And so there's ways that you can introduce cash back into the business, improve the bottom line for your clients that doesn't involve taking out a loan or having to get another loan to pay off that loan. So there's those those types of of areas you can look at. That's number one. I'll let you join in that now in a moment and then I can go into the other areas that we should be really looking at for our clients. It's interesting. I, I'm, I'm a huge... One of the things that I've, I have a huge bugbear about our education system in the UK, and this is going a little bit wider, but we we don't teach financial education in the yeah, UK. Yeah. What we teach is maths. Correct. And we teach cooking. Yes. And these are all fantastic skills. Yes. But when I went to university, 
I genuinely got there the first week. I had X amount of money in student loans and X amount of money in grants. And I was like, I am rich beyond my wildest belief. Yes. And then about a month later, I was poor beyond yes. my wildest yes. belief and I had to get a job. And, but, the, but that financial education starts yes. badly. Mm-hmm. And then we go on and we leave the university and we go, oh, I'm going to run my own business. And I did the same thing. Yes. I went to run my own business and I made a complete hash of the finance. Yeah. I tell a story where I tried one year to, first year to broadly do my own accounts. Because yeah. I don't need an accountant. <laughs> I don't need any of you guys. Um, yeah. And I think you'll know the story of what probably is going to happen. I made a complete arse of it. Mm-hmm. Went to an accountant and got charged three times as much as yes. I would have done if I'd gone to them in the first place. Because yeah. I did such a bad job. Mm-hmm. But for me, that stemmed from bad financial, financial yes. education. And it leaked into what you're saying, right? We don't always look. It, like I have friends that don't even look at their. They don't yeah. look at energy costs or anything Correct. like that, and they just pay. They just assume that that's that's the going rate. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, not to be too hard, but people start businesses because they have a good idea, a good product, a good service. They're they're passionate about that. They didn't they didn't start it to be a financial advisor or an accountant. And that's why that's where we come in. They also don't have the time, so they're putting out fires, trying to chase bills, trying to, you know, get new customers, etc. So, and and then we as accountants don't have time to be going. Oh, let me go and add up all of your bank costs, etc. But but that data is there, and so it's about well, actually, let's let's surface this data, and and so that you can have the conversation. Say, actually, I think I, there's seven thousand to be saved here, and that is actually how this the power of it came was when I had a, a client, and he was a tech business had uh, made payments to Poland every month uh, via Lloyd's Bank, and it's not just Lloyd's; it's every high street bank. And then asked for a loan. They said, no, you can't afford 25,000. There's no affordability there. And did the analysis. And it was like, well, we're going to move you over to, to an FX independent provider. Recalculated everything. That was £7,000 a year we saved him. And then that was his, his 12-month repayments on his loan. and got him the loan then. And, and that's just one tiny example. It was 100,000 revenue a year, you know. That's the power of being able to analyze the data now and, and give these solutions to businesses. But the second one I will, I will tell you about is grants. Um, people, business owners, again, and we as accountants don't have time to be continually staying on top of grants that are, are announced. They're announced and then it's first come, first served. And then once that fund, funding pot's gone, they close it. And so you're like, is it open? Is it closed? Do I meet the eligibility criteria? And then you go down the whole path of it and then you realize, oh, I'm supposed to match fund this uh, with with other funds from my business. So, oh, gone through all of this, didn't get it. 70% of of business owners never take up government grants, 70%. And that is because it's too hard to understand and navigate. That's that's shocking. Yeah. 70%, that's like... Yes. I can imagine, like, if those grants aren't fully subscribed, that money just... It, it, it sits there and actually how I started um, Swoop actually was from grants. I was an auditor <laughs> and I was so angry at how hard it was to get a grant for my clients and I basically wrote to the National Audit Office and did a freedom of information request and I, I audited the entire grant landscape and uh, I did. I was so angry. And I got to present this in Downing Street uh, to the government uh, business advisors at the time. And I'd worked out it was costing them one million pounds per job created. And they were double counting those jobs. Like when you look at all the administrative costs, where the money was sitting, 
where how it was being distributed, and then 70% were not even going for those grants. It was it's just a travesty in today's world when we when we all need to be finding this cash. So that was where we started. Swoop was to actually navigate the grants landscape and surface this. For, so if your clients come on and you want to look at their financial profile, you're going, okay, well here's the loans that are available for you. Here's the grants that are available for you. Here's how we can reduce the cost of your project need or or whatever it is that you're looking for. And so. Uh, it's a subject I'm super passionate about, so, so I could sit here all day talking about it, but that's the essence of, of the grant landscape as well. That's fascinating, and I think it, it's also scary. Like, it's scary that businesses don't know what's out there and do struggle and have had some tough times, right? And if, if there's no one out there telling them, and let's be honest, I'm a great believer, genuinely a great believer, that the accountant is the best person to do this. I agree, this. I agree. Because... You understand the customer, you understand their business, you understand them. Yes. So therefore, if you can understand what's available for them to help them, yes. then you are best placed to advise, is always a tricky word, right, in this sector, but support, I, yeah. I, I like to think. And, and I think it's, it's the thing of, here is what your data is showing you, and here is what the solutions are that are out there, and then it's up to them to make the to the, make the final decision. So, I don't see it as we're not saying, oh, invest over here or do this. We're actually just saying you're being overcharged. Um, you know, switch here. Why would you do this if you if you go here, you'll save yourself ten thousand a year? Oh, there's a grant available. Whether they want to go for it or not is up to them. But the fact that you've said. This is available. What do you want to do? Do you want to go ahead with it? We have 90% of the data here. Give us the extra 10% and you may as well submit. So it's that, I think. It's showing them the opportunities to, to inject cash into the business. It's interesting because, look, let's be honest. We walk, we're at Accountex uh, as we record this, um, as we have this conversation. And if you walk around Accountex, there are, you know, like any app, software, there's banks, lenders, mm-hmm people here that specialize in, in, in lending money and, and finding that solution. Yeah. But actually your approach to taking that more holistic view of it, where actually it's not just about yes. funding, it's about grants and saving money and that whole 360 piece. It's quite an innovative and different approach, right? Well, because we know, what, we know what the lenders are like and we know what the banks are like, particularly in this environment. Their criteria, their lending criteria are getting, are getting stricter. They're looking for better affordability, uh, better serviceability. The price has gone up. So you have to look at these things in the whole because, A, you're not going to get the full amount you're looking for from the bank. And if you do, it's going to be a lot more expensive than it was this time last year. And we're having to help our clients adjust to the expectations on interest rates at the moment. And what you're having to do there is say, what is the amount that we can absolutely afford coming out of your account every, every month if you really, really want to go for this? And so that, that's the point um, of it. So, like, it's interesting. And I guess I want to kind of take this into a, a kind of elevate and evolve this conversation because for me it sounds like it sounds like the whole industry like in terms of banking and finance needs to be needs a bit of an evolution right and I think the way I say this is like what always frustrates me and I, I know friends that have been through this that go to the bank with £1,000 a month rent payments and are told that they can't afford a £900 mortgage and you're yes, like I know. 
how is the how can you not the affordability is literally there and this time there's also a whacking great big asset to, to fund it at yeah. 90% with 10% equity well there is a great thing called the regulator and we can all complain about financial services but there is a reason financial services is slow to change and that is because it is highly regulated and post 2008 we we should all embrace it being highly regulated um, I, you know when I hear the words deregulation I think oh god please no the evolution is happening and it's happening through competition and I'll, I'll give you an example high street banks when I started this you would have to submit via email and then they'd work out who's the regional manager you need to talk to and then you go speak to him and then he'd say well I say yes but now it all has to go back up to headquarters again you're talking months and so we then said well our customers do not accept this anymore. They need an answer. They need to make plans. Uh, and actually, now there's a there's another bank that's just arrived in, and they're going to do this, and they've got a digital solution, etc. And you move on 12 months, and suddenly the high street bank has got a much better digital solution with with instant answers, etc. And that's what competition that's what competition is there for. But financial services will always move at a slower pace. Um, but but I'm okay with that, and we, we all just need to live in that that world. It's up to platforms like us to solve the friction in the middle uh, to, to allow that to happen. And we're regulated as well. So, um, you know, we all need to live in that world. I would love to have worked for a bank that had email as a way of, uh, yeah. <laughs> like back in, when I was working in the bank, and Sam's nodding over there, but when I was working back in the bank, like we were literally sending fax, no, oh, faxes. faxes. <laughs> like, and by the way, this See, is not like, evolved. this is not years ago. This was yeah. 2010, yeah. 11. Yeah. Uh, I was actually sending faxes through to uh, our processing center and then they'd phone you back and go, yeah. can you resend it? It's not very clear. <laughs> I'm like, well, don't ask me to send yeah. it on a fax then. We right? all remember our first year as juniors in our accountancy firms, you were, you were either photocopying copying or faxing or proofreading. <laughs> they were the only jobs you got. <laughs> and I guess you're right, like like competition is driving improvements. If you look at financial services now mm. to 10 years ago, it's completely different. And you're right, we definitely shouldn't be deregulating. No. We, we went down that route and I yeah. don't well, think anyone look at the US. Uh, yeah, Trump yeah. deregulated only slightly and we've had six bank failures in the last two months. So th that's what I'm saying. They, they, if they were regulated the way the main banks were regulated, those bank failures would not have happened in the US. So Regulation is not the, the, the bad enemy of uh, of growth, I would say. Yeah, and you're right. Do you know the the bank failures are a really interesting point, right? That for a moment that worried me because mm -hmm. when when you saw someone like SVB come down, and then like you saw some Credit Suisse and some other yeah. big names start to get mm. a bit nervous. Like I, I was looking at those guys, and like I think anyone that went for that 2008 period probably had a little bit of PTSD there. Yes. And just, just kind of went, oh no, not again. And yeah, and I, I think it's still there, by the way, because if you look at 2008, Lehman's collapsed, there was a slight recovery in the market. We all thought, oh, it's just Lehman's, it's just Lehman's, and then we were all <laughs> hit by the tsunami eight months later. So we're not out of the woods yet, but I would say your 10-year-old could have run SVB better than, than the management did of SVB, and mainly because the regulator did not regulate them in the same in the same way. Um, the last point I would touch on as well in terms of um, cash into our clients' businesses, if you were to say, well, what came out of the, the spring statement? It was pretty depressing from, a, from an SME perspective. There was one area that I would say, and that's in if, you're, if you have young clients who are looking to raise investment funding, 
um, they raised the SEI, Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme, uh, cap from taking in 150,000 under the SEI scheme up to 250,000. That is a, that's impactful. I know myself, we raised under that scheme. 150 is just not enough uh, to get you to the next milestone to then really go out and start raising your, your funding. You need to get to product market fit. So that, that 250 um, is, is a very good announcement. Um, and the, they wouldn't have said it unless the returns were there. So what they're seeing is improving the investment environment for startups is actually giving them the exchequer a good return. Otherwise, they do, they're, they're not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. So that is one area I would say as well where I feel, and the British Business Bank talk about this a lot, they're really trying to get access to investment funding more regionalized. Um, and so there's a lot more British Business Bank funds um, and a lot more generally angel investment funding out there now because of that sort of environment that they've created. So it's not all doom and gloom. That's good. It's good to hear it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, I think something else to cover off, uh, just I'm conscious of time, but something else just to cover off, I think, like we, we've called the session funding debt isn't always the answer, mm -hmm. but there's other types of funding as well, right? Like um, crowdfunding, kind of those yes. kind of things. Yeah. Do you guys? Yeah, that's what I mean. So crowdfunding, the first question, if you go to any crowdfunding platform is they'll say, do you have your SEIS advanced assurance? Because we are not coming on our platform because all of the angel investors on those platforms are looking for that tax relief. So crowdfunding platforms were delighted with that announcement. Um, thing about crowdfunding and, and it's a great marketing platform for your business, but you ultimately, before you go uh, and get approved to go on that crowdfunding platform, you have to have 80% of your investment raise done and you have to bring that through the platform. What they're trying to create is a FOMO effect. Um, so, oh, this just launched and it's 80% funded already. And so everyone goes, oh, I want in, I want in. And that's how crowdfunding works. Um, it works for brands that are consumer facing, that you're looking for customers as well as investors, but it's not, it's not the greatest route for B2B customers or sound businesses that may be absolutely fabulous businesses, but they're just not sexy enough for crowdfunding platforms. Uh, you get a lot of that going on as well. Yeah, you, you definitely need to be a certain type of business and have Correct. a certain type of profile. Yes. And sometimes have a certain type of front person to that business that, yes. that, can, that can push yes. that. Yes, it's a real marketeer's dream. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's more of a marketing thing than yes, a funding thing at the end it of the day. So, we're in a continuation of evolving times. Mm -hmm. um, things are changing every day, and as, as you said, there's yeah. potential for more. What does the future look like? What does the next 12 yeah. to 18 months look like for businesses that are yeah. actually needing to raise fun finance or needing to get more cash into their business? Yeah. So, actually, the latest SME finance survey was out today, and uh, interestingly, it shows that fear of recession has dropped down to number four item of concern for our clients. Uh, item number one of concern is rising costs, um, and, and in particular, energy costs. So, just stubborn inflation is the biggest threat to, to all of our businesses uh, right now. So, so what we're, we're looking for, there's going to be another interest rate hike today, of course there is. The pain will start to be felt and, and hopefully they'll start to get inflation under control. I think we all have to try and get into mid-2024. Like This time next year, we're, we're going to be 
you know, Northern Ireland Protocol, the Brexit issues, I think there's going to be, I saw that they dropped uh, all of the changes they were going to make on the Brexit laws. All of this smoothing over of relationships with Europe is only good for, for trade for the UK. So that's one. Interest rates will peak. Uh, I believe it'll start to have a, have a good impact. So I think what we'll start to see is in 24, gradual start to, to decline. Um, and and they're, the, they're the two areas of, but interestingly enough, 50% of businesses coming on the platform now looking for funding or looking for growth funding. So, so and, and opportunities for acquisitions. So I think we're going to see consolidation acquisitions. Uh, those who can pull through this next 12 months of, of continued high costs, high interest rate environment um, will be in a really strong position. I, that's what I say to my investors. I'm like, okay, we've been through Brexit, <laughs> war, pandemic, rising interest rates, and, and we're still growing. Uh, I think that's a sign of a good business. Um, and, and I think that's what we all have to help our, our clients through, as well as for our own firms and, and businesses as well. Yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's, a, that's such a good point, right? Like you can survive all that. And I was in, I was working in asset finance when the last recession hit, and the clients that invested and and really doubled down in those tricky times were the ones that came out of yeah. it and were phenomenal, phenomenal well, businesses. Asset finance is the go-to product during a recession. So yeah. uh, you'll notice Close Brothers Bibby share price shoots up as soon as someone mentions the word recession. Uh, it's actually grown. It's growing at about 20% a month at the moment. So wow. and we're seeing it ourselves, just a real shift because you get better pricing, as you know. Uh, there's something to secure it against, uh, all of these things. So so it's it's kind of the time for asset finance to shine right now. Yeah, yeah and like we saw it last time, like it Businesses that invested came out so much stronger and those that waited yes. said we're just going to hold back. Not all of them actually got that far. So yeah, you're right. I think investment I, I, I and I think and it's growth. all about cost efficiency, getting more out of your cash and, and out of your services that you're paying for and reutilizing that to be able to make those investment decisions. So people will be holding back. They're looking at the top line number of what it, it will cost to make those repayments without going, where can I find those repayments from without, you know, having to get, you know, make someone redundant or something. Yeah. So, yeah. So is it, I think ultimately our takeaway here is it's about holistically looking at your whole business yes. in and out. Yeah, exactly that. In and out and on the out, guaranteed. I'm telling you now, I'm, I'm not doing a Martin Lewis on it. Well, I am doing a Martin Lewis on it. It is 100% certain that all of your clients are being overcharged, 100% certain. Um, and so, so that's, that's, there is a real opportunity there. Excellent. Look, um, I'm, gonna, I'm just conscious of time, so uh, I'll come out to questions in a second. Two pieces of housekeeping. I do this every session. Um, if you are, uh, thank you for coming, by the way. Second thing is, please leave your headphones. Uh, I'm not joking. I've had to chase someone today already to go, those are not giveaways. They're not free. Um, so please leave that. If you'd like a cocktail or a drink, my colleague Viv is sat there next to Ollie. I think you can work out Excellent. which one's Viv and which one's Ollie. She's waving. Do you uh, so do margaritas? I think there is margaritas. So please go over and um, grab a token, then go and grab a drink. Um, the one warning I will give you is that they seem to have the mixture the wrong way around. And rather than being 90% mixer and 10% alcohol, I think it's kind of the other way. Is it the Irish heavy hand? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not drinking at the moment, but I saw someone yesterday take a, take a sip and they went, ooh. Um, so any questions for Andrea before we call this session to close? Oh, we got one over here. Let me, let me do my best over with the microphone. 
Yeah, I'd just like to ask um, at what um, stage of the uh, student's education you advise financial education mm. to start? I was started oh. from school. Yeah. Oh, we, we've actually, like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would, I think, I think we don't teach in school how do you set up a business? What does a shareholder agreement look like? Uh, what's, what's a accounts? credit score? What's account? What accounts? Or, you know, what's a debit? What's a credit? These are basic things. Uh, and, you know, the... You know, barriers to entry and setting up a business now are minimal, and and there's so many uh, new school leavers coming out and saying, "Actually, I'm going to start a business." And so, I just think the basics. Uh, my, my daughter was saying the same thing. She was saying, "Why didn't anyone teach me about utility bills, meters, uh, you know, credit scores, um, all of these things before teaching me anything else?" Uh, you know, and uh, so I I would say school, yeah. And and just. Just to double down on that, I would say early school as well. Like, yep. if you can teach a if you can teach a primary school child yes. the value of money and understanding yes. that, like my my daughter's the, the classic kid that comes to me and goes, I want this. Yeah. You know, okay, so how are you going to pay for <laughs> yes. it? How many months is it going to take you to save yeah. up for that? She goes, No, but I want it now. I said, Yeah, I I want a Ferrari, right? But like, I'm uh, having to put. Well, actually, true. it's a Mustang, to be fair. But I want a Mustang, and I'm having to put a little bit away every month, and eventually I'll get yeah. it if, if I if I'm lucky. Like, I have to work for it. I, and I have a friend who gets her daughter to raise invoices for amazing. the work that she does to teach her about raising invoices and then chasing for those payments and um, yeah. So That's great. those little things. Yes, <laughs> good good idea. Funny, if we were talking yesterday um, about a similar thing with accountants and their time. And every accountant, every accountant, you're 100% guarantee on this one as well. Every accountant is giving away their time for free. I know, Everyone. we do, we do. And which is fine, by the way. And sometimes like you, you do that as part of the service. But what you should do as well as that is raise an invoice for all that free time. Send it to your client and go, there is no yeah. charge for this. But just so you're aware. Yes, of the investment is, I have yeah, made. This yes. is, so when, they come, when you come back to them at the end of the year and go, we're increasing your prices by 15%, yeah. they literally can't say anything because they know that they've had double that yeah. in free work from you during the year. Yes. How, who's let's be bold and do that right as an industry that'd be interesting yeah well the, it was actually one of the main reasons I started this I was helping way too many businesses who could never afford a corporate finance advisor and I was trying to find all these ways to to, to sort of work out how I could look after them all but not take up all my time and I thought oh okay I've got to build something like this <laughs> so is that I was trying to create a business model because we do in general where we, we look after other businesses before our own. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. it's a giving industry, right? Yes, uh, Andrea, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a fascinating conversation. And uh, obviously, if you are at Accountex, you can go and visit Swoop. You're on stand number... 634. 634, there we go. <laughs> that was the toughest question you've asked me in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's that I total like, lack oh of yeah. <laughs> um, But obviously, go along and, and, and say hi. Um, but look, thank you so much for joining no. us. And that's it for this episode of the Practice Evolution podcast, uh, recorded live from Accountex 2023. We had no idea if this experiment was going to work, but thankfully we've got some good quality audio out of it, and I really hope you've enjoyed listening to what our speakers on the stand had to say. You can find out more about Walters Kluwer Tax and Accounting UK by visiting walterskluwer.co.uk or connecting with us on LinkedIn or following us on Twitter. Thanks as always to our guests for this episode. And in fact, thanks to everyone we spoke to at Accountex and who popped by the stand. 
Remember, as always, you can subscribe, rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're listening in on. See you next time for more sessions that we recorded live from Accountex 2023.